This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm just merely Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Keep weighing in on Twitter at Coleman ESPN and at Chad Brown 94. What you want your NFL team to do at the deadline with the trade deadline five days away. DLU334 says, I'm a Ravens fan on offense. Go get Mike Evans or Mike Thomas. Well, maybe not Thomas. Feel bad for the Saints. Hell, even Olave is even going to play this week. And on defense, hey, Jonathan Allen, you tired of your mediocre quarterback play? Coach on the same place? You tired of bleeping losing? Come to the Ravens. That's what DLU334 wants to see from his Ravens at the trading deadline. I feel you, D.D. Lou. I, I, I'm, all, I'm with all that, man. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to, you know, draw up a pie in the sky, make a pie in the sky, man. You uh-huh. know, yeah. get everybody you can. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just go for the filling. Just go right. for the whole thing. <laughs> just make sure the pie, you get everything else when it comes to that. Keep weighing in what you want your favorite NFL team to do at the trading deadline in five days at Coleman ESPN and at Chad Brown 94. The 49s may not be in the market at the trading deadline, but Brock Purdy may be playing after all. ESPN 49's reporter Nick Wagner just tweeted that Brock Purdy, and he has video on his Twitter handle, present and participating during the early open portion of practice. This may be an indication, Chad, that not only is he making progress, even though he has not been fully cleared yet from concussion protocol, also worth noting that black jersey for quarterbacks serves the same purpose as blue jersey for others, no contact allowed. But he was out there early today going through some motions, throwing the football around, running the boot action in terms of getting ready for practice. Maybe, just maybe, Sam Donald may not be in and Brock Purdy may not be out. I think it's certainly a good sign that Brock Purdy is out there at practice. You know, you've got to be clear to return to activity. That's the first piece in the the concussion protocol. So clearly Brock Purdy has been cleared from that. Once he does this practice, moves around, doesn't report any further symptoms, headaches, nausea, all those kind of things, then he can move on to the fully cleared aspect. So this is a significant chance that Brock Purdy will play. So as much as we've been having these Sam Darnold conversations, Mm -hmm. it all could be to a moot point, and Brock Purdy will be under center for the 49ers this weekend. You mentioned Sam Darnold, Darren Olowski, who played in the NFL for 12 years, ESPN NFL analyst. When he was on NFL, NFL Live. He said, if Brock Purdy is not there, this is what the San Francisco 49ers are going to look like. If he doesn't play, I do not expect them to skip a beat. I think they will be just fine with Sam Darnold. I have constantly believed that if Sam Darnold was placed on a team that was similar to San Francisco, he would play worthy of that top draft pick. This young man has been weathered. He's mentally been through it all. He's the most talented quarterback physically that Kyle Shanahan has had in that offense at least since Matt Ryan. So that's six or seven years. Out of all due respect to Brock Purdy, he's a really good player. This offense will be just fine with Sam Darnold. I, I don't want to have to pause for the cause, mainly because I know what Sam Darnold has gone through. Five head coaches, four offensive coordinators. He had to survive Adam Gase. <laughs> a lot of people have PTSD from surviving that guy when it comes uh, to Adam Gase. And, uh-huh. I, and I don't like to continue to throw garbage on top of Adam Gase, but I've seen – what he has not been able to do when he was not around Peyton Manning. So I'm going to start there. But I'm hoping the best for Sam Darnold. I just hope that he does not let people down. Not so much the 49ers organization, but so many people like Dan Olowski and others who believe, man, there's still talent there. And this is the best situation that he has been in since being quarterback at USC. He's never had this, Chad, in the National Football League. I think a lot of people are hoping – 
that we don't see a Sam Darnold spitting the bit like we've seen at times, no matter what that situation was with the Jets and the Carolina Panthers. Okay. I called some of Sam Darnold's games at USC when I was working with the Pac-12 Network. So I'm quite familiar with his college game. And even though he was clearly the best quarterback in college football, there were three to five throws every game. You would go, what was that, dude? Mm -hmm. You know, I I had USC against Oregon State. I think he threw – uh, interceptions in back-to-back series to linebackers who were just going from inside to outside. Very standard linebacker drops. It wasn't some exotic coverage. It wasn't like, you know, Sam Darnold was under some amazing amount of pressure. Mm-hmm. It just fit within that three to five throws a game. So I don't think he's quite cleared that aspect of his game up. So while I think there's an incredible upside to Sam Darnold based on the physical skill set that Dan Alaska was just talking about, he's got to also find a way to get past as you pointed out, all these coaches and all these coordinators and all these people saying all these negative things about him, and suddenly he's going to go out there and with the team that could be the best team in the NFL and suddenly light it up in game one, That's you're setting this guy up to fail, even though you're a fan, Dan Olowski, by telling people that he, you know, how good he's going to be and the assumption he's going to be there in game one. Mm-hmm. That's almost impossible to do. I would expect Kyle Shanahan to pare down the game plan as he did with Jimmy Garoppolo, put him in positions where he can be successful and also not put him in positions where he could hurt this 49ers team. I would think that would be the game plan, not just, oh, here's this, here's the same uh, game plan we have with Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Sam, have at it. It's all you, man. No, that would not be giving him best chance for success. That would be actually putting too much on him too soon, particularly in a guy who's in the rehab phase of his career. Chad Brown and for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. I also firmly believe this is an audition with Sam Darnold. Not so much to be whatever that's going to be in the 49ers organization, but for anybody out there paying attention in the National Football League who may look at him and say, is he or is he not? To me, and believe me, I watched a lot of Sam Darnold go through those ghosts and all that stuff with the New York Jets. He was always at his best when the script had to be thrown out the window. And mm. you can get away with that at certain times. But when the script says you have to read this line, don't screw up the line and mess with the other actors in the scene. And I saw plenty of times of that with Sam Darnold. Now, like I said, to be fair, there are plenty of times he had no choice but the golf script because Adam Gates had no idea what he was doing when he was head coach of the New York Jets. But even when he got to the Carolina Panthers, there were plenty of times that the play was right there and he couldn't make the simple play. But then when it came playground football, then it was Sam Donald doing what he saw at USC, making those kind of throws, doing those kind of plays, getting everybody excited. He's with a script-laden team when it comes to the 49ers. They don't mind going off the script, but if you do that, you better 100% sure make that kind of play because you have a coach that does not put up with that when it comes to Kyle Shanahan. That's why I think this is an audition with Sam Darnold. If people can say, yeah, he's learned his lesson. Okay, I might take a chance on him, if not to just be a quality backup, maybe a starting quarterback. If it's the same old Sam, S-O-S, same old Sam, then he may be in danger not even being a backup in the NFL if he fails this audition, if he gets a chance to be out there on Sunday for San Francisco versus Cincinnati. I know Kyle Shanahan does not stay up to 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the morning to have his quarterback go off script. Kyle Shanahan drives a Tesla 
because he wants that thing to drive him to work because he's drawing up plays as he is driving to work. I did a coaching internship out there in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan, and he would say things like this in the meetings, not about Sam Darnold, but just, you know, I specifically picked this car so I can have 15 more minutes of time to work on my plays. When you are that obsessive about the plays, how they fit, how they work, when you call them, chances are (laughs) this play that you're calling right now, has been set up for six or seven plays before that. So if you're Sam Darnold and you decide to go playground here in the eighth play of this series that I've been setting up for three quarters (laughs) to get this one opportunity, well, Kyle Shanahan's not going to be very happy with that. You just destroyed my play calling because you could not keep it within the script, my man. So that's going to be an issue if Sam Darnold wants to bring out his best and go off script. Well, Kyle Shanahan's not going to be a fan fan of that. That's why Brock Purdy has been the perfect fit for them because that's not what Brock Purdy does. Brock Purdy executes the offense and gets the ball into playmakers' hands. Sam Darnold's going to have to find a way to curtail his desire to do things off script to keep Kyle Shanahan happy. Yeah, because he won't be seeing ghosts if he sees that. He'll just be seeing the shroud known as Kyle and then seeing the bench once again when it comes to Sam Darnold. Great stuff by Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. All you have to do is visit Progressive.com. NFL Week 8 gets started tonight. You got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Buffalo Bills. The Bills' defense was really good early. Then all the injuries happened, and now they're just in the middle of the pack. They allowed an NFL low QBR 23.8 and had a league-high eight interceptions in the first five weeks of the NFL, first four weeks of the NFL season. The last three weeks, they've had to shift personnel chat because of injuries. That performance has suffered. They have now allowed the sixth highest total QBR. They have not picked off the ball one time. Chris Canty, co-host on Sportsman, like each and every morning with him, Evan Cohen and Michelle Smallman on ESPN Radio from 6, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern time. He believes if this continues with the Buffalo Bills, this will be the end result for the Buffalo Bills. It's a maddening team to watch. The mistakes are absolutely ridiculous. And if they're going to continue to play the way that they are, then this team's championship window is closed. Their window is closed. If the, if Josh Allen and this offense continue to have multiple turnovers, and they've had multiple turnovers over the last three games, if they continue to do that, this team ain't going nowhere fast this season. And I think it's getting late early in terms of being able to win a championship with this core of players. It might be getting late early for Sean McDermott, too. I wonder... I know what he's saying. I hear him. But at the same time, in the National Football League, where things are so fluid, you could be a championship team one second, and then you're out of the race the next second, or you're out of the playoff race, and all of a sudden you have a great run through the playoffs, and you win a Super Bowl. I'm not going to say that this continues down that road, that that championship window is closing. And here's why. I still wanted the championship window was ever open for the Buffalo Bills. Uh. And I go back to last year. And, yeah, the the DeMar Hamlin situation – that would have wrecked a lot of teams' psyche. But I also wondered, Chad, before the season, because all that conversation was about this is going to be their year. This is a team that can take down Kansas City. They've been close, 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 but now this is the year. And I said it back then. I said, I want to see how they handle being the hunted instead of being the hunter. And they didn't handle it well. They didn't handle it well. They won their division, but then they got the blood beaten out of them in the playoffs by Cincinnati Bengals on their home field. So it's not so much that I think a championship window is closing – I wonder how open that championship window really was in the land of Patrick Mahomes and now Joe Burrow, Cincinnati, when it comes to the AFC. 
I think you make great points. I think you make great points. I think from a NFL fan perspective, you go, this is a playoff team, and they got a franchise quarterback. they got a quarterback who's considered one of the top three or four quarterbacks in the game. Uh, there's no other quarterback quite like him with the size and the running and passing ability. Uh, so they've got this unicorn. Therefore, they should be in the championship window. But to your point, they have always failed in critical situations and critical moments. And so now for this this year, for this team, and, and speaking specifically about tonight, mm-hmm. they've got the take on their sluggish offense, which now Josh Allen is saying, maybe I need to think a little less and play a little more. Um, last time I checked, you know, as a quarterback, that's a cerebral position. It's not a physical position. If you want to go out there and, and high school high school football quarterback it, that's <laughs> going to bring you some success, but not the long, deep success that NFL fans would love to see. And they've got an injury-depleted defense. So they got two sides of the ball that are struggling for different reasons. And they've got the guy who is going to attempt to fix it, says he's going to basically take it all on his own. That's mm-hmm. not a recipe for long-term success for me. Yeah, and if you're Ken Doris, the offensive coordinator, this is when you have to save the quarterback from himself. And a big part of that, why they were so good early on in terms of defense, was that their offense was so good at protecting the football outside of game one versus the New York Jets, but they also able to run the football. They got three different backs that they could have three different styles that worked perfectly where the quarterback did not have to be the best running back and the best quarterback on the field. You could say, Josh Allen, you don't need to do everything because we got enough playmakers that can do that. Now they're trying to place it all on his shoulders again, and we've seen that recipe, Chad, not work. Why did you draft Dalton Kincaid if you finally decided to throw him the football a little bit more this past week against the New England Patriots? I know you, Stephon Diggs has to see the football, but you got other guys there. You got Dalton Kincaid. You got Dawson Knox. You got guys that catch out of the backfield. But yet last week, when things got tight, when things got tight, when things got crucial, they're down ten nothing to the New England Patriots. What do they do? Josh Allen, go save today. Don't worry about the rest of Justice League, Superman. You can do it. Don't worry about the kryptonite that can be offensive coordinator. You can do it. Ken Dorsey has to start being the guy that I saw the first four weeks of the season, where that running game complimented Josh Allen and vice versa. And especially when you lost dudes like Matt Milano. Tredavious White on defense, your defense is not the same defense. If you can't protect your quarterback and protect your defense, then you should be getting stink guy from Sean McDermott, who is a defensive first guy, and you're not helping his defense. That's not the same. It has not had the same personnel because the injuries have racked that side of the football. We just talked about Brock Purdy not too long ago and why he's so effective in that San Francisco 49ers offense because he gets the ball to his playmakers. There is enough talent on that Buffalo Bills offense where you could go with that formula, but for whatever reason, they make it the Josh Allen show and don't showcase those playmakers out there. And, yes, a defensive-minded head coach. I played for Bill Cowher with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They want you to run the ball, to give the defense some rest, to give the defense a chance to recover. If you go and you have an offensive series where you have a three and out, mm-hmm. You cannot get any adjustments to your defense. Coaches don't have the time to pull up the whiteboard and draw up what's been hurting you because you're so busy just kind of getting to the bench, getting some water in, and then you're right back out there. Punt teams up. we got to get ready to go back on the field. We've had a chance to have zero conversation about what we're seeing on the other side of the ball. So they've got to find a way to run the ball, 
give this injury-riddled defense a chance to do some of those sideline adjustments, and they've got to find a way to get the ball to some playmakers outside of Diggs on this offense, and it just cannot be the Josh Allen show down after down. Is the Buffalo Bills window to be a champion closing? Let us know at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. AFC is loaded. Buffalo Bills not as strong as they were on defense because of injuries. Has their window started to close with being a championship team? Let Chad Brown and Freddie Coleman know and Freddie Harry at 888-729-3776. Dr. Vibe hit us on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, and at Chad Brown 94 And he asked this question for us, Chad. He says, with the way the Bills are playing and with the difficult part of their schedule still to come, I don't think they will make the playoffs. If they lose tonight, does that mean that their season is over? Ooh, no, it's way too early to to throw that out there. Uh, I, I understand the, the difficulty when you start looking down the schedule and predicting wins and losses, um, but injuries have a funny way of affecting all those kind of things. And we've seen it a lot of times in the NFL where a team gets healthy. Um, this defense certainly needs to get healthy, but they get healthy at the right time, and they go on a run. Heck, my New England Patriots lost to the Giants, who had a similar kind of thing, where they had a very uneven first half of the season, got healthy, and then found a way to get better every single week and then beat my Patriots in the Super Bowl in a perfect season that didn't end so dang perfectly. So thank you, New York Giants. So I've seen this thing before, so it's far too early for me to say the Bills will be over if they don't win this game to, uh, on Thursday night. You look at the rest of the schedule, like we mentioned tonight, the home versus Tampa Bay, 815 time, 8-15 Eastern time on Amazon Prime. Then they're at Cincinnati. That's a Sunday night game on NBC. Home versus the Broncos. Broncos starting to play a little bit better. Home versus the New York Jets. We know it happened the first time. Now the Jets believe they're going to be a better football team, even though they won that first meeting. Then at Philadelphia, at Kansas City, home versus Dallas, at Los Angeles, home versus the Pages, who they just lost to, and then they end the season down in Miami. That schedule and the fact that they've had these kind of hiccups in two out of their last three games, that's why tonight is really, really important. You do not want to go into that part of your schedule especially teams that have beaten you or teams you feel you need to conquer, losing three out of your last four after the way you played after winning four in a row after losing to the Jets on opening Monday night. There's enough schedule out in front of the Bills. If they lose this game, it doesn't, it doesn't kill them statistically or mathematically as far as the win-loss record. But if they find a way to lose tonight and they don't play well and they don't fix any of these issues that we've talked about or able to implement any of these fixes, then yes, then I would be in that concern category. But if they find a way to improve some of these things and the arrow ends up being pointed up despite a loss, then there's enough talent particularly in the offensive side of the ball, particularly at the quarterback position, where this team can still make a deep run. You, you mentioned something extremely, extremely on point about trying to physical your way or bully your way a quarterback when that's a cerebral position. And as much as I say that Ken Dorsey has to protect his quarterback, hey, Josh Allen, you're no dummy. you got to start doing the same thing. you got to start protecting yourself as far as that goes. The way that you have the ability to digest plays is going to be paramount right now going forward because it can't just be about, well, if it's not them going to run the football or if it's not them going to run over somebody. More than ever before, you have to use your head. you got to use that dome <laughs> that sits on top of your neck to say, all right, what's the best play for my team? And it can't just be with the ball in my hands, either running the football or throwing the football. I can't, and, the, and this front seven that he's going to face tonight, Tampa Bay, is really, really good. Yep. They're going to do some things that will confuse him and play with his mind and do Jedi mind tricks and all those kind of things. He may need to watch the Mandalorian when this game is over to try to get his headspace back into the right frame of mind. You can attack their back end, but that front seven, they're going to make him work tonight. This may be, have to be the most cerebral game. 
that Josh Allen has to play to make sure his team does not stay in this slide, losing two out of their last three games. Your job as an NFL quarterback is not to play on Thursdays and Sundays and Mondays and occasionally Saturdays. Your job is to play every Thursday, every Sunday, every Monday, and every Saturday mm-hmm. when your team has a game. And so Josh Allen is really towing the line here between uh, you know, trying to help his team win and being overly reckless, which puts his team in jeopardy because if he's not out there, their chances for winning go way, way down. Your job is to be available, and you've got to be smarter with those decisions if you're Josh Allen. We're going to ask an FOS West friend of the show two things. Number one, what does he see from the Buffalo Bills going forward? And number two, is this really the last chance for Sam Donald to be any kind of quarterback in the NFL if he gets to start for the San Francisco 49ers versus Cincinnati on Sunday? He's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us. I'm Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. He's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius and Channel 80. And always take your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We always love our NFL conversations, especially when we have not one but two former players about to hang out with me and Chad, meaning Ryan Clark. He played in the NFL. Chad Brown, he also played in the NFL. And Ryan Clark does a great job as an ESPN NFL analyst. Hit him on Twitter at RealClark25. And, Ryan, we kick things off this weekend with the Bills and Buccaneers tonight Thursday Night Football. Chris Canty from Unsportsmanlike in the Morning believes that they lose this game, that their Super Bowl window is closed. Where do you stand? I mean, I don't necessarily believe it's closed on the Buffalo Bills throughout Josh Allen's tenure because I believe he's that talented of a quarterback. He's able to force multiply in that way. But I do believe that this season becomes incredibly more difficult to end in the Super Bowl when you think about what the Miami Dolphins are. But it also would just be an indication of where this team is as a whole. When you lose Trey White, you lose Matt Milano, you're banged up in the front as well defensively, it's tough to make stops. You look at this team, they're down, they're up three, two minutes left to go against Mac Jones, who only has one career go-ahead touchdown, and you allow them to drive 75 yards with Ramondre Stevenson, Hunter Henry, Mike Gusecki, after allowing Tyrod Taylor and the New York Giants to get to the one-yard line late in the game. It's just showing how much losing those great players or those impact players affects your defense. And then offensively, you have to find something outside of Stephon Diggs. When you look at the Buffalo Bills, do you see them 
as you've seen in the last three years? Absolutely not. But when you think of Sean McDermott, you think of Josh Allen and what they've been able to accomplish, I believe it's a little too early to count them out. But in losing this game, when you connect it to the previous three, it certainly doesn't seem that the Buffalo Bills are a team that can win in the playoffs against the likes of the Kansas City Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Baltimore Ravens of the world. Ryan, uh, lucky enough to share a field with you out there in Pittsburgh now, lucky enough to share some airways and some call letters with you now. Um, Brock Purdy in concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. We saw he was out there practicing. They at least cleared to return to action as far as practice. Uh, Sam Darnold seems to be in line to start this week for San Francisco. Will this 49ers offense miss a beat if Sam Darnold is under center for them this weekend? You know what? This is the hard part, right? Because it starts to feel like an indictment on Brock Purdy mm-hmm. if you say they could be as good or better. Because up until the last two games, Brock Purdy was undefeated as the starter of the San Francisco 49ers. And it also operated this offense at an elite level. But if the Kyle Shanahan touch is real, if he can minimize poor decision-making, if he can give quarterbacks an easier outlet to understand where the football is to go and when it is to go there, that Sam Donald might be the perfect project. You know, it's kind of like they say, uh, you know, a good woman will make a man. Where a dude was poo his whole life, and then he gets this good woman, and now he's a 10. Well, Kyle Shanahan has been that good woman for a lot of quarterbacks. And if he can get Sam Donald to play to the potential that made him the number three overall pick, I believe this could be at least a great start for Sam Darnold with this team because he has all of the tools. It's been about decision-making, and if you can lessen those opportunities for mistakes, I believe that this team could play well without Brock Purdy, at least for one game. Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst, joining Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Ryan, staying right there. I believe this is an audition for Sam Darnold, not so much for the 49ers but maybe his future in the NFL, because I'm sure plenty of people look at him and say, yeah, you can change the offense, you can have a better talent around him, but that's still going to be a guy that people don't believe in. I believe this is an audition for Sam Darnold when it comes to his NFL life. What say you? I don't necessarily believe it's an audition for Sam Darnold and NFL life, because I think people know or believe they know who he is. I think he has a large enough sample size where they won't let one game trick them. They won't let one game with Kyle Shanahan trick them I think what this game is to show that as he kind of makes that transition into backup quarterback that this is the place for him to be the backup quarterback that this is where he can step in and if something does happen to Brock Purdy lead this team to wins and possibly lead this team to playoff wins I think that's the spot Sam Darnold now is in he's not auditioning to me to be the starter anywhere else because if I'm on another team and I've seen Sam Donald play for the first five years of his career, I'm going to say to myself, yeah, the fact that he operated well in Kyle Shanahan's offense is probably more Kyle Shanahan okay. than Sam Donald. And do we have a Kyle, a Kyle Shanahan in our building? And what we've learned is not many teams do. Ryan, the Cleveland Browns, they did the thing that I've always hated when teams when teams and organizations and coaches do. They talked about Deshaun Watson's injury publicly, mm. and they gave yeah. out some information mm. there. Now the injury is yeah. lingering on. So how concerned mm-hmm. should the Browns be with this injury, number one? 
Uh, number yep. two, did the Browns set up Deshaun Watson to fail here? And the number three, <laughs> three, three part question, do you think they're having some buyer's remorse in the process of this? I'm going to start with number one. I do believe they may be having, I mean, number three, I do believe they may be having some buyer's remorse. Mm-hmm. Um, right. At the time that you acquired Deshaun Watson, you have to convince yourself that you believe in the man. That's the difficult part. They did that. However, they came to that conclusion, they did. What you didn't have to convince yourself was you believed in the player because you thought that the player was so good that forcing yourself or willing yourself to believe in the man was worth it because of who you'd get on the field. Problem is, you haven't gotten that guy. And we saw some glimpses against the Tennessee Titans, but then he gets injured. Now even injured and attempting to come back against Indianapolis, he goes back to the sidelines. And so you have to be saying, we have a defense that can absolutely stop anybody, score points on their own, and win football games. We have a run game that no matter who the running back is, even though they might not be Nick Chubb, they can be productive. All we need is a quarterback. Well, we're supposed to have one, but we not, we're not sure if he's going to be available anytime soon. And when he's been available, he hasn't been great. Now, I think the reason they came out, Chad, and said something about the injury was because they had to answer the question why their $230 million guaranteed quarterback had seemingly cleared concussion protocol, was cleared to play, and you kept them on the sideline. That's why that question was asked because it was. It wouldn't have been asked, like, let's say Deshaun was playing like he was playing in 2020, Mm -hmm. and he was coming back from injury, and then we heard they weren't putting him in the game. The first thing we would have said was, man, he must really be hurt. Right. But because he's not playing well, we thought, oh, crap. Do they (laughs) rather have P.J. Walker in the game? And I think that's where some of that comes from. And as far as setting him up for – for success, yeah, they're setting him up for success. Look at this freaking team. He's got to come back and play. He has to come back and be himself or be a, 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 a form of himself. And, you know, Deshaun Watson, you know, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Sam Darnold playing for certain things. Deshaun Watson, to me, is playing to prove that he's worth what they paid him and playing to prove that he deserves to be a starting quarterback in this league. Because who takes a flyer on him if this doesn't work out? Yeah, especially they have to pay him $230 million. The Cleveland Browns are going to pay him at $60 million plus in dead cap money if he doesn't play in 2024, 2025, and 2026. Real quick, Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst with Chad Brown and Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Before we let you get out of here, this team in the NFL has been outgained by 660 yards. They have a point difference of minus 24. How are they 4-2? How are you you and Chad Brown Steelers 4-2 with a – Point differential minus 24, and they've been outgained by 660 yards in six games. Well, Chad's going to understand this more than most people. There's a sacred position in Pittsburgh, and that position is outside linebacker. And, man, Chad's been one of them. We have had some great ones. I don't know if we've ever had one that played like number 90. Mm. T.J. Watt has won football games for the Pittsburgh Steelers, whether it's sack fumbles, if it's scoop and scores, if it's interceptions, that defense has found ways to not only keep this team in games, but win football games for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And what the point differential is, it is. What the yardage differential is, it is. But they're 4-2. And, and 
if it's possible to play complementary football while playing bad offensive football, <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers have figured it out. <laughs> they got the formula cracked. <laughs> because that's exactly what's going on. I've never heard secret sauce described that way. That makes all the sense in the world with the Pittsburgh Steelers being forward to. Always a pleasure, brother, man. Keep it the great work, Ryan, and thank you so much, my man. My man, y'all have a good one. Thanks, uh, Ryan. The fantastic Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL Alice Always a great follow on Twitter, Real Clark 25. And chat, you guys know this playing organization. He described it perfectly. Playing complimentary football with an offense that bad, but yet they've been able to tobble in their way to being four and two and nobody's looking at them sideways and thinking well, they continue to do this and be that team that a lot of people did not see coming, a Steelers team right now 4-2 and two, and near the top of their own division. Are you finding ways to win? And that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers do. There's a certain heart and mindset in that locker room, and they go out there and they find a way to get it in. It, it certainly yeah. doesn't look pretty, right. and it, no one would ever draw it up this way. Yeah. But they would certainly love to have that win-loss record considering how – uneven this team has been this year. Yeah, except when it comes to number 90 on the outside, T.J. Watt. He helps, There's no nothing doubt. uneven about him. He's as even as it goes and just a dominant, dominant player. Keep weighing in at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. NFL trade dot, deadline's approaching. It is five days away. What do you want to see from your favorite team? What do you want to see them do at the deadline? Let us know at 888-729-3776. And one NBA game in, and the Chicago Bulls are already having problems. I'll ask Chad Brown if that has ever happened to him when he played in the NFL for 15 years. Keep it here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. There's certain things that happen when it comes to teams that we as the average Joe and Josephine do not need to hear unless you're the Chicago Bulls after one NBA game. He's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. After they lost last night's game, the Chicago Bulls had a players-only meeting after one game. I'm not making this up. After playing one game and losing, the players had a meeting without any coaches. As a matter of fact, Billy Donovan, the head coach of the Chicago Bulls, said he went into the locker room and the players were having a heated conversation, and they said, no coaches allowed. And he and the rest of the coaching staff walked out of the locker room. I know what the answer is going to be, but I'm going to ask Chad anyway. Have you heard of anything ever happening like this in your 15 years you played in the NFL? No, not after one game. Other team or player-only meetings, of course there are. Uh, when things don't go well, there's there's a certain time where people need the comfort to speak their mind and speak freely, and having the coaching staff involved doesn't allow that to happen. But after just one game, I know the Bills were disappointed. I mean, the the uh, the Bulls were disappointed with how they finished last year, 40 and 42. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of expectations for this year, but after one game, to have to have that kind of conversation, essentially behind closed doors without the coaches involved. That is not a good sign for me. And another bad sign for me is Billy Donovan talking about he wants to embrace conflict. Yeah. yeah. No, you embrace communication. Mm-hmm. You don't embrace conflict. We need, we need to communicate so we're not in conflict. Right. We need to all be on the page, same page before the game happens so we don't have conflict during the game. 
We need to practice it in a way that builds teamwork and camaraderie so we don't have conflict. We don't ever embrace conflict in a locker room. We embrace conformity. We embrace communication. Mm-hmm. Those are the C words we embrace. It's funny you mention that. I remember working for a boss in radio in my career, which has been very, very long. And he always believed that you didn't need so much conflict resolution. That conflict was good for allowing people to get stuff out and have that one-on-one conflict arguments and conversation, everything like that. And I looked at him like he had lost his rabbit behind mine. I said, so let me get this straight. (laughs) You're going to have two people who have a disagreement, and you want them to have a battle royal in front of everybody else, and you think that's the way to resolve that conflict, that that's going to build bonding, and that's going to bring people together. All you're doing is allowing people to take sides, because what if somebody's completely wrong in that argument, and somebody's completely right? Then you made that person look like a fool in front of everybody else, including you as a boss. This is the same situation to me because whatever heated conversation they had, what if that one player is wrong and the other player is right? And the player that's wrong is a marquee guy that you need. How is that going to fly in the locker room? Because now you got players mad at each other that you need to have them come together to win a basketball game. You're the head coach. You have to be the guy in charge of conflict resolution. And there's no way that if I'm a head coach, that players have a players-only meeting. I walk in the locker room after losing games and say, hey, no coach allowed. I'm like, I don't know who you're talking to, but no, 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 no. Whatever you guys got to say, I'm going to be here to hear it. And I wonder how much he heard what went on in that locker room, Chad, because when they walked out the locker room, he goes, hey, fellas, how things going? Fine. And they changed their clothes and go under the bus and go home. Then nothing got resolved in that situation. You're going to tell me that Pete Carroll, looking back at the Legion of Boom and their issues with Russell Wilson, wouldn't have loved to resolve that conflict <laughs> to keep the band together Good so point. they could win another Lombardi trophy? You don't think Mike Dicka and the Bears would have loved to resolve their conflicts uh-huh. so they could become back-to-back Super Bowl champions and back-to-back best defenses ever? They would have loved to have done that. This is where communication comes in. We all know this. With your kids, with your spouse. Heck, I'm looking at my dog. If I don't communicate with my dog, we're going to be in conflict. <laughs> I don't want conflict. I want communication. Your wife just walked by laughing her head off. When she, she did. Said that. She did. I saw Mrs. Brown just casually walking by in the background, and she heard her husband. She's like, uh-huh. Yeah, you better make sure you communicate with the dog because the dog would communicate with you, and you're not going to like that communication. <laughs> the worst part about this, by the way, Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. How did Billy Donovan allow this to become public? He literally went to the media and said that, yeah, the players kicked me out of our own locker room for a players-only meeting because guys were getting heated and they said no coaches allowed. Why would you allow that to become public if you're Billy Donovan? the head coach of the Chicago Bulls. Way to start the season with you yourself already behind the eight ball there. And even within this story, which we agree, he shouldn't have let it come out. There's two different stories. Mm-hmm. Billy Dolan is saying he asked the players if they wanted him to leave. Right. Uh, ESPN's Jamal Collier reported mm-hmm. the players asked him to leave without being asked. Right. So now we've got two different stories. There's a bit of a controversy. Obviously, we're here talking about this. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't think – much positive comes from when you allow your team to do this. And to your earlier point, you're, you are setting up a potential division in your locker room if you allow the 
the players to run things in this way. And each time there's an issue, coaches aren't allowed to be a part of the discussion. And then also guys are allowed to go at each other without any regards to who's right and wrong in the situation. Yeah. Roger Worski, former NFL quarterback, when he worked here, I'll never forget his, this is one of my favorite stories ever. When I forgot what team was going to have a team meeting and we're watching games and everything like that. And he was shaking his head. And I said, Jaws, why are you shaking your head? He goes, Freddie, these team meetings, you may have one problem going in, but you may have 25 problems coming out. Yep. <laughs> because there's always that one or two dudes that should not be saying a word that feel the need to speak because team meeting does not mean everybody should speak in a team meeting. You may have the best of intentions, but you may have one problem going in, but you may have 25 problems going out. I actually have to agree. I absolutely have to agree with that. I've been a part of those team meetings where you left the meeting and go, not only did we not solve anything, uh-huh. we've increased our problems. We've increased our division. The offense pointing the finger at the defense. Defense pointing the finger at the special teams. Mm-hmm. You know, all these other guys, the bottom five guys in the roster, pointing the finger at the coach and how awful coach is. And yeah. now we got fingers pointing everywhere. We have right. solved nothing and just increased our problems. Yeah, by the way, I'll never forget one time. They wanted to have a team meeting when I, a place I worked, and they wanted to set up a meeting so they can talk about the team meeting. <laughs> I said, I can't believe what kind of clown show am I working for here? That we're going to have a meeting so we can set up the meeting. I said, how about just say what time is that meeting? Why do we need a meeting to talk about what time? And I said, I put in my resignation like two weeks after that. I said, you know what? I'm done. I, I can't take this nonsense anymore. At least it's not like the Chicago Bulls where they told the boss, get out. And the boss said, okay, after only one night when it comes to the Chicago Bulls in the NBA. He is Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. No conflict resolution needed to be when it comes to us. But what could that be the same case in Philadelphia with James Harden? There but not there with the Sixers. That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.